Hello and welcome to the Lowdown with Brave Mama. It is Steph Thompson here for your Fast Friday live Q&A session. This week, this is actually a good news week. We are bringing you some information that has just come to hand in regards to childbirth policies here in Australia. So tune in if you are Australian-based, in particular New South Wales, because I believe this policy is just for New South Wales at this stage. And I don't know, look, I just want you to imagine this. When you were first pregnant, if that has been your journey, did you ever stop to think that childbirth could be a political issue? I know I most certainly did not ever think that me falling pregnant and being in love with my bump and planning names and outfits and all of those things that you do think about, that there was going to be an element of politics that potentially could lead to where we ended up with a traumatic birth and a lifelong pelvic floor injury. Now, in 2015, uh, when I did give birth to Elsie, it probably took a little bit of time, I'm going to say maybe two years, to discover that there was a policy that was in place in New South Wales at the time of that birth. That policy was called maternity towards normal birth. And I probably looked into it more when I was researching it for my book. That policy document, basically, in a nutshell, without having to go to too many ins and outs because it's quite a long policy document, basically, in a nutshell, its goals were to reduce the number of caesarean section births in Australia and to increase non-medicated, natural, normal child vaginal births. Now, there are so many things from a consumer mummy perspective that I absolutely hate about this policy. First of all, towards normal birth in the title, it really leaves every single person who does not have a non-intervention, non-medicated birth feel abnormal. I don't think anyone would like to go into birth feeling that what their experience was, was abnormal. And look, I, I kind of talk about this more so in the book, The Day My Vagina Broke, because if we don't understand that it's not potluck, it is not just on the day, if you're lucky or unlucky, that it's actually policy documents that are driving the decisions by the people who are charged for caring for us that lead to things like a traumatic birth and the injuries that I sustained, as well as many of our listeners. I just want to point out, during research, I found a very interesting newspaper article about this particular birthing policy. This was in 2015. So this was the July of 2015 and I gave birth in the October. There were newspaper articles, major newspaper <laughs> paper articles, actually already challenging this policy document. And here is one of the, the quotes. It says, strict targets like this can be dangerous because without forcing women to physically have a vaginal birth, it's just not possible to reach these 60% targets of natural birth, normal birth, which we know is just vaginal birth. So people already knew there was issues with it. And yet by the October, 
there was still, the policy was still in place and nothing was flagged. And I was walked through my birth based on that policy to push me to have a vaginal birth. Ultimately, I was the result of this policy. Having pelvic floor dysfunction and pelvic floor um, injuries that now are known as a dynamic disability. So if you don't know what a dynamic disability is, we're going to talk about more about that next week. So it's a um, so having a disability now, I see myself as an advocate. This is why we have this show. This is why we do everything that we do. You get to hear the interviews every week talking to pelvic floor physios and women in this mental health space, uh, sexual therapists, everyone who we think would bring value to you in your life now, be it pre-pregnancy, pregnancy or post-pregnancy. What you don't see is that we're also working on major projects in the background because if you've had a chance to read my book at the very end, I've dedicated it to my girl Elsie. And I have promised her in my mind without telling her that I will ensure that what happened to me and to her in that delivery room will not repeat itself by the time she might be ready to have children. And so I know there's hopefully quite a few years to go, but these things don't happen overnight because as you just heard, there was a flag that this policy could be dangerous in the July of 2015 and only a few months later, when I gave birth in October, there was not enough time for change and action and not enough time to review. But now we're seven years on, guess what? This policy was still active, still in place. And so that worries me that, sure, I don't expect the world to change in a couple of months, but in a couple of years, maybe, we're seven years down the track and Thankfully, we are very glad to be bringing you some information that we have been um, connected with is that there is a new policy document. The maternity towards normal birth will be replaced very shortly. There is a draft document at the moment, which is a blueprint for action. And even the title is better. (laughs) It's called Connecting, Listening and Responding. Can you just see the two differences between that, like towards normal birth and connecting, listening and responding? Straight away, you can see that that is going to be more inclusive of women or or birthing people in that sense that it's not just about one particular birthing method. What I will say is that the 10 goals that I can see, because part of the Brave Mama you know, plan. I think someone once said to me, if you had a magic wand, Steph, what would you do with Brave Mama? Like, how will you make childbirth better? And this is what we've been talking about. I saw it as, from a mummy's perspective, all the things that were missed for me, you know, where I fell through the cracks consistently over and over and over. It wasn't just in that delivery room. There was so much leading up to that. And after that, where else, where I also feel that we could be doing better. And part of that looks like this. The minute you pee on a stick and it says pregnant and you get really excited, your GP could be connecting you with services from that very moment. Let's not wait 
until you are, what do they do it at 30 weeks or 35 weeks for your first antenatal class for an hour or two hours if you're lucky, three hours if you're paying for something private. It's too late then. I've always believed that along the journey, had I had opportunities to speak with a psychologist about my fears, my worries, my anxiety, it could have been better. Had I had an opportunity to meet with a pelvic floor physiotherapist specialist to talk about where my pelvic floor was even before getting to the delivery room, we would have had more information to make better decisions. Had I had an opportunity to actually speak with an obstetrician to talk me through what is a cesarean section? What does it actually involve? What are the risks? What are the benefits? Had I had my midwife speak to me about the risks of vaginal birth too, the use of forceps, the episiotomy, the vacuum, all of those things were just dismissed. So along that continuum, I also thought in the antenatal care period, instead of making mums wait to they hit rock bottom or they're rocking in the corner and they're not coping with this newborn baby, to then try and get a place in Tresillion or Caratani or a mums and bubs unit. And then you have to wait. We, we got on the waiting list and it was six weeks or something. I didn't think I was going to survive six weeks. I didn't think I was going to survive six hours some days. And so if we were to flag that along that antenatal journey and have a place waiting for you, these are the things I was thinking about just from a mum's perspective. Now, when I have had a little sneaky peek at this blueprint for action, I love what I'm seeing. So while I don't think this is going to be the be all and end all fix it for every single maternity issue that we have here in Australia, it's a great step forward. So if we just keep stepping forward little bit by little bit, by the time Elsie is ready to have babies and all the girls in between, it can honestly only get better, right? That's the intention. I don't have access to the entire document, so I cannot analytically pull it to pieces, but I will say with the 10 steps that I have seen, they really walk through kind of that journey. So looking at women pre-birth, I mean, that that's, that's pretty much non-existent right now, but it's talking to women about maybe getting a clinical review before they're even pregnant and having access to information for free for pre-pregnancy education. Amazing. The next one is during pregnancy. There's there's four steps in that one where they talk about being connected to cost-free antenatal education. What I hope happens in that sense is that it's also unbiased education. I believe ultimately this policy document still will sway towards vaginal birth over cesarean sections for multiple reasons, for very political reasons that we won't need to get into. But I think overall, they still want women to be birthing vaginally. That's their goal. I would love to see a little bit of balance in terms of the education around having a vaginal birth and a cesarean birth, because there's lots of different ways that people can become mums. And I feel like they cannot make informed decisions without all the information. It seems pretty straightforward. I love that they're talking about a con- uh, the continuity of care is something that you will probably hear a lot as the, the gold standard 
Um, for me, in my first experience, I had continuity of care. It did not result in a better outcome for me. And in actual fact, I felt I lost a lot of trust because I had trust, so much trust in just one person. It kind of backflipped and didn't quite work out that way. I understand having continuity of care with someone that you know and can trust. So it's a double-edged sword. I had it also with my obstetrician in the second birth and that was valuable to me. I don't think continuity of care equals a non, well, equals a birth that's going to be perfect and amazing, basically. I think even if you have, I, I didn't know my midwife in my second birth. Still, she gained my trust very early. I appreciated her her sharing her um, the information with me as I was in labor. I didn't know her from a bar of soap beforehand, but it did not negatively impact on that second birth. So this is what I want. I want us to be having these really open conversations where we're looking at all avenues, all aspects, just instead of one versus the other. I do realize I've gone over the 10 minutes here. I think we could probably continue this conversation and we will be. We will be interviewing someone who we've been working with who has a lot of knowledge around this space. They actually manage a number of maternity services in New South Wales and that will be coming up later on in the season, probably towards the end, because we are getting together and actually presenting to midwives and obstetricians. And from a mum's perspective, I am the consumer. I will be sharing my journey with them so that they are aware of the lifelong effects of the decisions made in that room and the power that they have. What I ask of you just before we go, if there is anything you would like me to get across to that room of obstetricians and midwives, please email me. I am your voice. I am here to share this with you. This is not just Steph's journey. This is all of our journeys. If I can advocate on your behalf, email me at stephanie at bravemama.com. Tell me what you want said, and I will make sure it is in my hour-long talk. All right, we're going to leave it there. If you are finding these short episodes really helpful because you don't have the hour to sit down and listen to the weekly Wednesday ones, just feel free to let us know as well. If these are helpful, we will definitely keep going. If your preference is to have those hour in-depth conversations, let us know that too. So love to hear from you. Have an amazing weekend. We'll be back next Wednesday. Bye for now.